Let them feel your excitement when you're making that offer. If there's one thing we could, we could accomplish on this conversation, Lucas, and if that is that companies forever stop just sending an offer letter without a verbal communication with excitement behind it, then we have changed the world because unfortunately companies just do that. Welcome to season six of Bridge the Gap, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Align, Hamilton Captel, ServiceMaster, Patriot Angels, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. The contributors are brought to you by Peak Senior Living and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast on a great contributor series today, episode with our good friend, Chris Hines. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lucas. Chris, you know what? You are a Bridge the Gap ambassador. You're a Bridge the Gap contributor. And I myself, just like our audience, has been following along, listening to your series. And it's really been a big benefit, I think, in helping people understand just the entire process holistically around attracting talent, keeping talent and recruiting. And today there's a topic that actually selfishly, I'm going to be taking a lot of notes on and it involves communication. When you hear the word communication, everybody's going to nod their head. Yes, that's important, right? No one's going to say that's not important. So how do we get past the idea of, yes, we know that communication is important down to the behavior of actually making and being intentional around how to communicate with a variety of different placements, a variety of different positions, and a variety of different personalities. Can can you help us, please? I'll try to do my best there, Lucas. Um, but you're exactly right. Communication is one of those things that it's, we say it's so important, but sometimes we rarely do the things that we know we should do. And here's the easiest suggestion that I have. How would you want to be treated? If you were in an interview process, how would you want to receive communication? So that's the biggest thought process that I have when we're dealing with our client companies and helping them finding the right talent is we want to ensure that we're providing as much communication from that client to the prospective candidate, because if we were in those shoes, we would want to know more. So a couple of things that I could uh, touch on there. One is in the interview process, I completely get that companies and hiring managers have several candidates that they're they're interviewing. For that matter, they have several positions that they're interviewing candidates for. So it is difficult to maintain a line of communication with everybody. But it could be something as simple as a once a week email, if the process is going to be long, giving everybody in that process a simplified update that we are still interested. It should be no later than, let's say, next Tuesday before we have feedback. But communication goes both ways. We've heard of that term of ghosting, where candidates stop communicating with the companies that they're interviewing for. And sometimes that happens because they're in another interview process. I know it's a shocker that candidates might be interviewing for more than one job. The candidate doesn't know what to tell to the prospective company while they're in another process, so they just don't communicate. Well, act as if you were the company. What would you want to hear back? You don't want to hear, well, you know, I'm interviewing with three companies and I really want to see who's going to give me the best offer, so put the money out, baby. That's not what you want to hear if you're the hiring manager. 
It's not Shark Tank, right? No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or Jerry Maguire. It's not show me the money. It's about, hey, I want to make sure I'm doing what's best for you as the company. That's best for me and my family. So can we agree that within 48 hours from now, I can, I'll give you a decision? That is drastically different than just not communicating, hoping you could buy a couple extra hours or a, a couple extra days while you're waiting for something else to come through. So that communication really does go both ways. Well, I think that that's, that's crucial. And when I hear that, you know, I think, oh, okay. Back to your original point is like, how do you want to be treated? What you would think would be common sense, but I'm kicking myself now knowing that I've not followed through on all of those things personally. And then for bigger companies, it gets even more complicated because there's more involved, there are the hierarchy, um, you know, maybe some bureaucracy, and maybe people are just very, very busy and they're not really being intentional around this. Or have you seen the same thing? I really have. And uh, the best example I could give to you is when you go on a, on a plane ride, the pilot's probably done a couple thousand flights, right? Well, do you ever notice when you were walking in that many times that they have, now it's an iPad, but it used to be a big monstrous three-ring binder where they're going through a checklist of everything that they that they need to accomplish. Would you rather go on a plane where the pilot goes, ah, nah, I've done it before, I'm good. Or would you rather go on a plane where the pilot is literally going item by item and checking off each respective thing to make sure that it's right? Well, that's what companies can do. They can have a checklist of everything that needs to be done for the entire interview process and not just have the thought process, yeah, I know what we need to do, but actually go through each individual item as mundane, as simple as it may be, so you could literally check it off to ensure that it's done. That helps a lot of those, those things that happen, particularly from offer acceptance to start, where you don't want to have that whoopsie of you forgot to order their laptop, you forgot to get them a welcome gift, you forgot to make sure someone's going to be there on day one. So the checklists are really, really helpful things. Yeah, and I can see how that would really uh, tie into communication, both with the hiring process and the onboarding process right there. It seems like a checklist would be very beneficial for both of those scenarios. Absolutely. From And from the candidate standpoint, when they resign from their company, that's a big big life-changing moment when they go and resign. They have to say goodbye to their friends. They many times have to withstand a counteroffer. When we're working with, with candidates, we're, we're preparing them for those scenarios because we've seen it several thousand times. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years, so the amount of counteroffer consultations that we've had, I can't even count anymore. When they're going through that, if they have that checklist of here's where I need to prepare, I need to prepare my resignation letter. I need to make sure that I have all company material and um, electronic equipment to make sure that I'm not liable for anything. And there's no questions at the end. We help our candidates and actually will provide them a checklist for that, what we'll call the offboarding when they're leaving one company before they get onboarded to the next company. Communication is both the verbal, but it's also the written and the preparation. You know, that's really uh, crucial to think about. There's really so many aspects of making a transition um, that, that can be very complicated. Going back to being prepared for a counteroffer, there's some emotion involved there, right? Um, kind of some like, oh, you know, they're reeling me back in. Did I make the right choice? Did I make the right decision? In your experience, how many times have you seen where the counteroffer is given, but 
it's more given to control the exit than it is to actually keep that person. How, how does that typically play out? Are they, is the counteroffer genuine to keep the person there? Or is it just to keep the person until they can replace that person on their own time frame? It really goes both ways. Uh, in the senior living industry, many times the counteroffer has been given because they cannot afford to lose that person because they need that community leader or that regional VP in order to support the residents. Because that's what it's all about. We have to make sure we have the right staff on board so that we can support the residents. When a company gives a counteroffer, sometimes it is given as a stopgap. Because let's be real. It is cheaper to keep a person, even if we have to give them three, four, five thousand dollars more, it's cheaper to keep them for two or three months while we are looking for the replacement than it would be to have that role vacant. And now we have to bring in either a specialist, we have to pay per diem, we got to pay for housing, we got to pay for all these extra things. So it's cheaper to keep them for a short time. Well, the flip goes on the candidate side. When they're receiving that counteroffer, they have to understand that. They have to understand what is the company's motivation. But guess what? The words that are being said are not always the intent and the real meaning behind that. So in my 25 years, I could only think of two circumstances where a candidate accepted a counteroffer and it actually turned into a long-term relationship that there was a misunderstanding. So it's so rare. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. My all-time favorite story on a counteroffer was a senior executive that we were working with that said all the reasons why they wanted to leave. It wasn't the right organization. They've, they've changed. They weren't being challenged anymore. It wasn't the right match from the leadership. Money was not part of the equation. Well, guess what? After a four-hour marathon lunch that turned into drinks, that turned into dinner, they accepted the counteroffer. And they even got a stake in the organization. That's how much they threw at them. Three months later, it didn't even take six. Three months later, the candidate called me back and goes, Chris, is that opportunity still available? So even when they are giving ownership stake, it still wasn't the right thing because money does not solve the real reasons why people leave. If money's the only reason that a candidate is leaving, it's not a good reason because just as easy as money could be thrown one way, it could be thrown another way. And that can hurt the company that's hiring them just as it can hurt that candidate. I mean, we're in a time now that the, the day of the seven or 10-year tenure is more the anomaly than the norm. Now, if you get two or three years from a professional, that's pretty darn good. And that's sad to think, but it's just the reality. But if you were to take a new job, receive extra money for only the reason of money. And then somebody else comes and wants to throw an extra $2,000 at you. Now you leave again. Now you're actually hurting your career. You're hurting the companies, you're hurting the residents, but you're also hurting your career by looking as a job hopper. That's uh, kind of mind blowing on that statistic. It's so low. So if money is not the most important driver, what are some of the other important drivers that really keep people happy and uh, driven in their workspace, I imagine communication is probably top on the list. If you don't feel like you're being challenged, when is the last time you've sat down with your boss and say, I want more. I wanna be able to do more for the organization. Or do you just assume if they don't give it to you, then they don't need you to do it. If location is a challenge, is there a more desirable place that you wanna be? 
If advancement is something that you're wondering about, have you told them, I want the opportunity to advance my career? Don't need it today, but I want to see that path. If you don't communicate, if it is not a mutual communication, many times you think you're leaving for one reason that could have been easily solved by the company. So many of these things tie in to the importance of communication. And, you know, feedback is is one of those things that it's, it's a little bit of the F word, right? It's like, oh, I have some feedback and everybody's like, oh, great. Here it comes. You know, some people, you know, are really dreading that feedback because they've had bad experiences before. And some people are dreading giving the feedback and having a candid conversation. Um, can you give some tips and examples where success has been had on both sides of keeping the lines of communication open, not candy coating things, addressing things when things need to be addressed, but in a way that invites harmony, that invites trust and invites growth and not, uh, you know, building walls. Absolutely. And the, the magic word that turns it from such a negative to an opportunity for improvement is changing one little word. And rather than saying the word, but you say the word and think of the times when you've ever been called in. And if you hear somebody, a boss, a, a supervisor go, you're doing such a great job at this, but all you're waiting for is the other shoe to drop and you forget immediately about the thing that they try to compliment you on. So, and you're doing a great job about this. And I love how you've been working to improve this. It's saying the exact same thing, but said with the right tone, with the right care can make a tremendous amount of difference. And that's really the part of that constructive criticism, that critique, because if you say it from the standpoint of, I want to help you get better, I need you to get better for our team, for the residents. So if it's done from that standpoint of care versus the, the reprimand or the just the tearing apart or the yelling and screaming, and I know you've probably never been involved in a situation where yelling and screaming were involved, but it's not any fun. So if done, if, if that critique needs to be done, if an improvement needs to be made, done with saying and an area of improvement and done one from a position of care makes all the difference in the world. I think I'm going to go back and listen to this one a number of different times because communication, I think really so much boils down and, and hinges on the level of communication and the types of communication because we live in a complicated world. We're running complicated businesses, relationships. They're complicated. And most times it's because we don't know how to communicate. It just becomes uh, oftentimes, you know, a really challenging process when you're not communicating well. So this is very, very helpful today. I hope for our listeners, they've been able to really glean some good insights here that they can use today in their, in their hopes. Any final thoughts? Yeah, let me give you one final thing that seems so simple, but makes a tremendous difference. We all live in the real world and in our senior living world, this is a competitive environment for attracting talent. We are not in the days of just being able to put an ad out there and 35 perfectly fitted candidates are going to come to the table. It's tough to find a couple that are good enough when hoping to find the one that's that real diamond in the rough. Well, here's a simple part of communication that has still blows me away the companies do. 
They go through an exhaustive interview process. Three, four, five, six steps. Please, dear God, don't go past that. Okay, three or four should be enough. But they get to the point that they're ready to make the candidate an offer. And what they do when they make that offer and their form of communication about how excited they are about getting this candidate on board is they hit the send button. And that offer letter says, we are pleased to offer you the position of executive director, director of nursing, sales director. You fill in the blank of the title. Here's your salary. Please let us know within 48 hours. Wow. Does that just instill excitement? You're able to tell me in written words how excited you are. So if you want to communicate the offer in an effective way, pick up the phone and call them. And if you get their voicemail or you have to send them a text, send them a text with some excitement. We have some great news we want to discuss with you. And then when you get them on the phone, share the offer by telling them how excited you are and how you feel they are going to help the company and the residents of the community, the region, the organization. Let them feel your excitement when you're making that offer. If there's one thing we could, we could accomplish on this conversation, Lucas, and if that is that companies forever stop just sending an offer letter without verbal communication with excitement behind it, then we have changed the world because unfortunately, companies just do that. We'll talk to a company, maybe it's the first time we're working with them. And we go through the process all the way to the point of the offer being made. We like the offer to come through us so we can share that excitement. And they say, oh, no, we do it. So we always ask the follow-up question, well, how do you do it? Oh, well, we send them a letter. Okay, so we work very diligently with our clients to make sure we get rid of that part and we are able to instill that excitement. Because if they hear the excitement from you about that offer, that can make the difference in the other opportunity that they're considering. And that other company who doesn't do that and who just sends a letter, people want to be wanted and they want to be needed and they want to be loved. And that will never come across in a written form. Call them with the offer. That's one final tip I'll share. That's a huge tip and really, really great point to end on. From our contributor, Chris, the great communicator. Thanks for coming on today and communicating these great tips for our audience and for people to use these important tips today in their workplace. Thank you so much, Chris, for your time. Thanks so much, Lucas. It's been great talking with you. And to all of our listeners, please go check out our brand new website, btgvoice.com, where you can see this content and so much more. Hit us up on LinkedIn. We want to hear from you. Be a part of the conversation and communicate with us. And thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.